0: Congregation, let's open now to God's Word to Psalm 128. Psalm 128, we'll step out of 2 Samuel for this morning. The focus on the Christian family, the household of God, page 613. In your pew Bibles, page 613. There are really two psalms here, back to back, that belong together. And so we'll read them both, 127 and 128. But our text is Psalm 128. 128. A Song of Ascent, Psalm 127, of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He will not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. And then Psalm 128, a song of ascents. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. This is God's word. and May he bless us by it, dear people of God, not only this morning, but for the rest of our lives. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, just three comments to introduce Psalm 128 before we get into the meat of it. Number one, it's arranged very beautifully like an hourglass. If you look at the structure, it starts very wide at the top. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. starts very wide. And then it narrows down to the family. The husband, the wife, the children. And then in the end, it broadens again to all Israel. Basically, God is saying it's through the family that I want to bless all Israel. It's not the only way he blesses. He does that through singles too. But families is one of God's favorite chosen ways to bless the house of Israel with peace. So it's a beautiful psalm in its structure. Secondly, it's very personal. It starts in the third person. Blessed is everyone. But then after that, in verse 2, it goes to you and your. And 13 times it uses the second person, you. You will be blessed in your work. Your wife will be a fruitful vine in your house. Your children, all of shoots around, your table. Right? God will bless you from Zion. And that you is the father. Is the father. And so, in a particular way, though the Psalm addresses everyone, it is uniquely applied to the fathers in the congregation this morning, the dads, and the dads to be. And since everyone is called to support the dads and the dads to be, that goes back to all of us, doesn't it? So, it's very personal. And the third thing, it's a benediction, it's an extended benediction a pronouncement of blessing. It's full of promise for the Christian husband, the Christian wife, the Christian home. Martin Luther said he found so much hope and encouragement in this psalm when he saw the destruction of families all around him at the end of the Middle Ages. And he said, here's a bright light. Here's an oasis of rest. Yes, this can actually happen. A family like this can actually happen. And in our culture, when there's so much war on the family, the task of the husband is rejected. The task of the wife is rejected. The blessing of children is rejected. The very structure and institution of family itself is hated. And there's destruction of family all around us. Here's an oasis to know that Christ redeems families to flourish in the courts of the Lord. Now, this is a picture of a garden, a well-watered garden of the Lord. It doesn't take away the fact that in the Christian family, there's hardship in our households. Work can be a struggle, right? Marriage can be a struggle. Raising children can be a struggle. But we have God's promise through Christ, I will bless you. That when Jesus lives in your household, when you believe in Jesus, Scott and Ashley as parents, when you believe in Jesus, he lives in your household and he will bless you in the midst of the darkness and and weariness of this world. And he will build his church and kingdom through you. It goes to where he gets wide again at the end of the psalm. So let's work through it verse by verse. I invite you to keep your Bibles open in Psalm 128. Looking first at the issue of fear. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. Godly fear. And then moving to the picture of the flourishing family. And then ending at the kingdom future. What does this mean for Zion, for Jerusalem, for Israel? Beginning then with godly fear. It starts wide. Remember verse 1. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord who walks in his way. And we've got to define two terms here. Blessed and fear. What do they mean? Blessed is everyone. That means every single person every married person who fears the Lord. Every healthy person, every ill person who fears the Lord. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl who fears the Lord. And too often, blessed is viewed in our culture as money, Mercedes, a mansion, and lots of might, physical might. That's not what the Lord means by blessing. Now I know blessings from God can come in terms of wealth. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were blessed with great flocks and herds. But you go to other spots like Psalm 34 where the persecuted saint is promised that though he has many afflictions, the Lord will bless him with his presence. And then Psalm 73, we have the depressed saint who comes into the sanctuary of God and he's blessed by the nearness of God. So what is blessing? God in his undeserved favor towards you showers your life as it is with gifts. Gifts to enjoy for his glory and for the building up of his kingdom. That's what blessing means. God showing you his undeserved favor, putting his smile on you in your family, in your work, in your home, in your singleness. Not because you deserve it or because you're doing such a perfect job in your life, but because you belong to Jesus. And when you trust in him and walk with him, God smiles upon your life. And that leads us to the second issue. What is it to fear the Lord? Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. That doesn't mean that you're terrified of God or you're running away from him because you're scared of him. No, the fear of the Lord mixes three things. Trust, love, and awe of God. Trust, love, and awe of God. You trust him so much that he's your life and your salvation and your strength and your joy. He's your everything you cannot leave him. That you're devoted to him. That you would rather die than walk away from him. And you love him because he loved you so much in Jesus Christ. And put his son on the cross to be cursed and perish for you. So you can live and be blessed and have heaven and the new creation. And you stand in awe of him because he's so holy and so almighty and such a wonderful, amazing God. Trust, love, and awe of God. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. And what does that mean? The next phrase says it, who walks in his ways. You know, there's a lot of faith today that's fake faith built or fake faith that comes in the form of easy believism. People will profess faith in Christ but then really not follow God at all. They just live their own way. They live for themselves. They do what they want. They, they follow their own pleasure. They don't take time for God. They're too busy for God. They're too, too much in love with this world for God. No, that's not what it is to fear God. Blessed are those who fear God And walk in his ways. I trust him so much, I will follow you wherever you go. I cannot leave you. And when I do, when I do wander, I hate it. And I repent, and I want to get back to you. Because life is awful away from you. That's fear, walking in his ways, walking in his commandments. Loving what pleases him and hating what disappoints him. Well, if you fear the Lord, trust him, love him who first loved you, stand in awe of him. You will be blessed when it goes well for you and when it doesn't. When you're healthy and when you're sick, both in life and in death, he will be near And your life will be full. Your life will be full. And you'll have peace. And comfort. Well secondly. Let's go to the. Family aspect now. Now. The fathers are directed. Directly addressed. You. You shall eat the fruit. Of the labor of your hands. Dad's. You who fear the Lord, you will be blessed, first of all, in your work, and then in your wife, and then in your children, and then at the end in the church. You will be blessed in your work. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. We have such a lousy view of work today in our culture because we have a lousy view of God. God. God blesses hard work. We think that we, by our hard work, can bless ourselves. And that's what makes us hate work and take work to a frenzied preoccupation. No, no, no. We work hard. But we look for God to bless that work and make us happy in it. Even when it isn't always that glamorous. That is to say, we look for God's promise to bless our work. Because we believe Jesus is the Lord of our work. Paul says that to the slaves in Ephesians 6. He says, remember when you work. That you're not working for your master on earth, your boss, your employer. You have a new employer, a new master, the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're serving him and that makes work a pleasure. And you're doing this to honor him and you're doing this to be a witness to him, to those around you, to make a good product for him, to help society, to seek the kingdom of Christ. And when you have that view of work, and you look for God to bless your work, he will bless you in it. Brothers and sisters, dads, let's look for God to bless our work, not our hard work to bless our work. Let's work by faith. Scott works as a welder. Just did a test to get a certificate. Certificate. It's important work. Because it's work done for the Lord. And because God promises to bless Scott in that work. It might not be the highest paying work. But Scott, you and Ashley, you pray for the Lord to bless your work and to use it to help you pay your bills and feed your family and to continue to provide for you all that you need. But above all, that you will be a blessing in your family and your community through your work by the blessing of God. Because Jesus, I belong to Jesus by faith. He's in my work, and that makes all the difference. Secondly, you can look for God to bless your wife. Second blessing promised to the man of God. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Wow. What a beautiful picture. The vine, the grapevine. One of the most common pictures of prosperity and fruitfulness in Palestinian life among the Jews. The fruitful vine within your house. Even though the picture of a wife as a vine within your house is despised today. You know... Today, if your wife doesn't have a salaried career outside the house, she isn't that valuable and her life isn't that meaningful. That's the view. It's looked down on. Don't you work? Don't you work? But as Christians, we don't look at it that way. We might have some things we do outside of the house. But what happens within the house as the nurturer of our children... And the supporter of our husbands and the Christian family as wives, we are elevated by Christ. And husbands, our task is to have an elevated view of our wife within that calling. And to honor her in that calling. And to support her and help her flourish in that calling in a culture that looks down on it the fruitful vine within the house is in God's economy a huge source of blessing to us and to our families and to God's kingdom the small things that happen in the home with our families have a big place in the economy of God's kingdom mom's Do not let the little details get you down. Because it's in those details. God is using you in a mighty way. It is still true that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world in God's economy. Now Titus 2 does say that you have to be Busy in the home, not a busy body. It is easy for uh, dads to waste their time in their workplace and after work, and it's easy for moms to waste their time. There are always distractions that can become devotions, and we have to be careful to be properly busy, but it's our wives who bring music into the home. A vine is a place of special power and productivity in the Bible, and it's our wives who turn the house into a home, bring, make it a place of warmth and grace. Jesus has redeemed the family from the curse. And in that place, he says to the Father to love their wives as Christ loved the church. That's what it is to be the head of your home. And to the wives, to submit to their husbands as the church submits to Christ. For the Lord's sake. It's a beautiful thing in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's such a gospel place to be. Dad's. Mom's. And we'll sing that in a moment. In your wife you shall have gladness. She shall fill your home with good, happy in her loving service and the joys of motherhood. So dads, do we look for God to bless our wives and make them fruitful vines? God will make them fruitful vines. Do we pray that God will give our wives happiness within our homes, to bless them with the gift of health and children and strong faith. And if the Lord will send hardships into our home. And he doesn't bless us in the way we hoped, that he will still bless our wives with comfort and peace and joy in serving him in the present circumstance. Again, it's the blessing of the Lord that your wife is a fruitful vine. It's not your work. It's not her work. It's the blessing of the Lord. And we trust him for that blessing because of Christ. And we pray for that blessing, right? And the third blessing in the flourishing family. He will bless your work. He will bless your wife. He will bless your children too. Blessed Is everyone who fears the Lord, your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Another rich image from Palestine. The two most important images of productivity and energy the vine and the olive. The vine and the olive tree. Olive shoots are full of life and energy. Sometimes your kids might feel more like thorns to you than olives, but in the Lord's economy, they're not. They're olives, and they're full of promise. They're full of promise. The picture here, I think there's a couple of pictures here. The, the olive stem would often have olive shoots grow up around it, from it and around it. So that's one of the pictures. Another picture I think that's realistic, the olive was very slow-growing. It took a lot of patience to grow an olive tree. Actually, it would take an olive tree and still does 15 years to produce fruit and it really doesn't reach maturity until 40 years. I hope it doesn't take our kids that long. But patience, care to help them flourish. So to help our children flourish, as children in the household of God, We lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ. We teach them that the gospel is the only way they can flourish. That the Lord Jesus has promised to them the forgiveness of sins. And through Jesus. That they become children of God. And they will live in the Lord's service. And you pray for that blessing to come upon your children and you. Teach your children to pray for that blessing to come upon them. Lord, make me a fruitful olive. So, you young men and young women, you boys and your girls, you are olive shoots around the table. Are you praying to become a tree? You have a lot of goals and dreams in your life, I'm sure. You want to be tall and you want to be strong And you want to be smart and you want to get an education and you want to make the team and you want to have a good business and and, and all those things, they can be good and godly dreams. But your first prayer, Lord, bless me. Bless me to flourish as a member of your church and kingdom. I want to live as your faithful child under your blessing. You have given yourself to me in your covenant. Help me to take you as my God and Savior and to give myself to you. Prayer of an olive shoot. And then he says... Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. When you love the Lord, dear dads, and you make the worship of God your first priority in your life and in your family's life, and you trust His Son Jesus to save you and commit your life to following Him, then look for God to settle on your life and your home with these blessings. God will bless you, He will bless your wife, He will bless you your family look for him to bless you expect God to do great things in your family expect him it's a call to faith it's a call to faith dads in Christ God has become your dad you have a great dad in heaven and though often life seems really hard Seems like maybe we can't make it. Seems like it's impossible to flourish in this culture. Don't let the lies of the culture take you down. Don't let the darkness cover you and enshroud you. You have a great God who's promised you great blessings. He keeps that promise. Don't reject him, don't give up on him. But seek those blessings. It's not a promise, though. Thus shall the man be blessed if hears the Lord of a trouble-free life and a problem-free home. Not a guarantee that your home life will always go smoothly or everything will go as you hope and turn out as you want. We know God will send trials to test our faith. Maybe even a child will turn away from the faith. There may be heavy grief. But even then, when we fear the Lord, in those situations and trust Him and lean on Him hard, 100%, He will still bless us in such times with grace and patience to cope and even enable us to rejoice in the Lord and ride on the heights, as Habakkuk says in Habakkuk 3. But here's the big deal in this psalm. Our first parents fell and the family came under a curse. Look at Cain. But our Lord Jesus Christ sent a new Adam. He's the ultimate man who fears the Lord and builds the house. And he died to build the house. And he rose again to build the house. And he's interceding for us to build the house. And he's reigning to build the house. We have our Lord Jesus Christ as the home builder. And we can build in his name and in his strength. And have full confidence that because Christ is the man who fears the Lord. In him. We can live out this psalm by his grace. Well let's see that last part now. We're at the bottom of the hourglass. Back to... Wide. Kingdom future. Look at the closing benediction and prayer. Verse 5 and 6. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Yes, the Lord Jesus blesses us from Zion. And Scott and Ashley... The Lord God has made your household part of a broader picture. That's true of all of us. He's made your life a single part of a broader picture, Israel. And he's made your household, your family, part of a broader picture. Using his nicknames, his terms of endearment, Zion, Jerusalem, Israel, those three words. You're part of a bigger picture, And God, through you, the narrow part of the the hourglass, intends to cause his church and kingdom to prosper. As you are blessed by your God through his grace, that you take those blessings and go out with them. You know the difference between a reservoir, And a conduit, right? A reservoir where the water just sits. You take the blessing and you just sit with it and do nothing. Versus the conduit or the channel where you receive blessings and you become a channel of blessing to others. And that's the picture here for us. Through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the blessing of our God. God intends us to go out and be church and kingdom builders. When Scott and Ashley and I met a couple of times, we talked about the importance of seeing their household and their family devotions and times of prayer and teaching their children and giving them a Christian education part of a bigger project that God is doing through them bringing prosperity to his church. We talked about the importance of going to church faithfully. And one author wrote this, Pastor Cameron Cole. He says, he gets lots of requests from parents about raising their children in the Lord. And there's all kinds of tools for parents nowadays. He says, parents want to know about devotionals for their kids, prayers for their kids, Guides for family worship for their kids. And sometimes he says parents are paralyzed when they're confronted with all the good options. Where do we start? And then he says, hear me when I say this. Start by going to church. Oh, I encourage you to pray with your kids. Read the Bible as a family. Have family worship. These are excellent and important disciplines. Don't let go of them. But if you can only choose one discipline, go to church. Make attending corporate worship a top priority for your family, for there your children will learn that they're part of a greater household, and God has put them in a bigger picture, and they're an important part of that bigger picture. The psalm is full of blessing. It's a an oasis of hope and encouragement and a dark world where the family is under attack read it meditate on it pray on it and realize that this psalm is for you through Jesus Christ because he died to take away the curse and he rose again to pour out his blessings upon us and in him this picture is yours already here in this life until one day we reach the perfectly well-watered garden of the Lord in the new creation where God will dwell with all his children in a never-ending chorus of praise and thanksgiving and of human flourishing forever and ever. Don't you want to be part of that picture? Don't turn your heart and life away from the Lord. That brings curse, eternal curse. But give your life to the Lord in faith. And that brings blessing. Eternal blessing to you. In your household. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God. Thank you for Psalm 128. Thank you for a bright place of hope and encouragement. This picture of a well watered garden. Which is for us. To enjoy. Even. Even in the wilderness in which we live. This is what you have for us in Christ. Help us to believe that the power of God in Jesus is so great that you, Lord, can do this in our lives. You can make this a picture of us and we pray that you will do so by faith. And in the trouble spots and the tests and the trials and when things didn't go as we hoped, Help us then still to trust in you so that we can flourish in that spot too. We need you every hour and we come to you in Jesus' name. Amen.